Hello, Horror Fanatics! I'm Frank. And I'm Jenna. We welcome you to our weekly podcast. Oh! <gasps> the the horror. horror. Thank you for joining us as we dive deep into all things horror, supernatural, scary, and downright creepy. If you like what you hear, rate and review it and subscribe or follow to add your regular rotation of podcasts. You can also submit any ideas, comments, and suggestions to our podcast via our email address at OTH at seriouslydecent.com. Uh-huh. You can check out our website, OhTheHorrorPodcast.com. Uh-huh. Check out our back catalog. Connect to social media. Connect to your uh, favorite podcast platform. Yep. And there we're pretty much everywhere. We are. I think. Yeah. I'm certain. Pretty freaking sure. There's many mucho mas platforms. Right. Many, much, many. Yes. Yes. See. So. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 144. Yeah, we are trucking along, trucking you guys. Trucking along, yeah, <laughs> we are. We're getting close to that 200 mark. Uh, easy. We're crazy. We got a ways to go, but yeah, we're get, we're closer yeah. this week than we were last week. We were, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, a whole year can go by and we're still not there. Exactly. That's, That's... why I was like, easy, <laughs> Thunder. Is yeah. A whole lot of stuff to happen between now and then. Yeah. Luckily for you guys, I don't mind subjecting myself to weird, odd, random podcasts, television shows, mm-hmm, stories mm-hmm. Yeah. to, you know, get ideas get for ideas future and episodes. New material. Yeah. 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 There's also the just great like bumping into people and they're like, yeah. hey, you yeah. ever do this? And it's like, no. You ever As heard a matter of, this? of fact. You and then know? you're like, Wait, what? Excuse me? Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> how do I not know about you this? Know, is usually yeah. when I get to the how do I not know about this? I'm like, yeah, we have to. We I have know to do this. doing 144 episodes mm-hmm. of this podcast and a trailer, <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm not surprised anymore. Mm-mm. Less and less, I just don't get surprised. I think, you know, I'm ready to hear anything and everything. Yeah. Any kind of group. I'm open. Any kind to- of. Legend, much superstition, like, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, uh, it sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I believe that's a thing. Yeah. It tracks. You don't have to twist my yep. arm. No. You know, it's, uh, yep. but yeah, and hopefully we'll continue to be able to talk about all of them. So, yeah. 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 Yep. I mean, people. Am I right? There's- yeah. Jeez. <laughs> There's something, aren't they? There's no uh, shortage yeah, of I, topics. I'd like to give a shout out to the uh, town of Remsen. Yes. And all the vendors that mm-hmm. uh, participated in this year's Barn Fest. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. It was a great time. Oh, the weather. The weather was nice. <sighs> See? Cloudy. I know I've spent the good portion of the summer uh, praying for rain because it was so dry. Yeah. Well, I've amended my prayers well, yeah, because we've had nothing but rain for a month, you know, because that's what happens. Yeah, when you ask time. for rain, you get well, rain. Well, no, it's just yeah, that time yeah. of year, for Pete's sake. Yep, but also, too, you know, we get the the dew over the night, so we constantly mm-hmm. have some some form of yeah. precipitation or moisture. Well, you've seen the cricks in the rivers here. Oh, They're, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's a yeah. sight to behold. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyhow. Yeah. I've, uh, I've included... Uh, 
hey, can you cool it down a little? <laughs> well, and again, it's that time yeah, of year. It is. So this yep. is where we're getting into it. I always, oh, the weather was perfect. I always say up here, you know, the last of your warm, warm days are done after Columbus Day. Correct. That's yeah. usually yep. like that's, when. That's, that's summer's last stand. That's post-fall, mm-hmm. heart of fall mm-hmm. you're in at that point, And you're looking at wet, cool days. Yep. You know, moist. Sweater weather. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, no, it was a great day. Awesome day. Nice. Weather was good. Yep. There was some cool stuff there. Yep. I think there. I definitely. um, I walked past some things that I think I have a little remorse on. Yeah. Yeah, that I wish I stopped by. Yeah. Picked. I get that. Something up. You know, but there's always next year. Yeah, Yeah. and what I like about Remsen is um, there's. A little bit of everything. Yeah. Like when you do the the craft fairs, like the At the, the jury and the shows. Yeah. Colleges, I find yeah. that you've got a lot of the same things in the booths. Like you've got fifteen different people selling yeah. homemade soap. No, I get that. And there were Oh I'd soap's huge. There were a couple people doing soap. Yeah. But there were a ton of different things that you just don't see. Well, I'm like, I was telling your mom yesterday, you and your mom yesterday, you know, it's like, it amazes me. I'll walk through a craft fair and I'll look at a booth and say, that is nothing but shit. Yeah. You wasted your time. You put this thing up there. And then all of a sudden I'll watch 10 people walk in there. And four of them have money out. Yeah. And they got money out and they're, you know, and I look and I'm just like, yeah, you know, there is something for everybody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but I like Remsen because the prices tend to be reasonable. Yeah. Well, they probably don't have to pay that big. They don't. They don't have to pay the jury show entry you know. fee. Well, I imagine they got to pay something. Oh, I'm sure they, they got pay the something whole, for their booth. They got the vendor. Yeah. Like, yep. But I mean, it's different. Thing. The juried shows tend to be, mm-hmm. you know, like you can do a flea market and it's like, 35 bucks a table for a juried show. See, but that's that same like, table is 100 bucks. See, that's like uh Larrack Festival over yeah. in Lawrence Falls. Yeah. I think like to start it was $100 like 10 years ago. Yeah. It's probably like $200 or oh, more now. Easy. Yeah. And that's where I got to laugh everybody's like everything's so expensive. It's like because yeah, they have to pay a fucking fortune to get here. They yeah. got to get that money back. Yep. You they know. got to try and at least break even. Yeah. It, it amazes me how stupid people are that don't put that together like don't understand that like i look and like i am so glad i grew up with an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. as a parent Mm -hmm. so you know because i remember like my fondest memories as a kid was sitting on my dad's lap in the kitchen at the desk in the morning because that was the only time i saw him Mm -hmm. he worked all day yeah all night well he had to he would come in real late after closing the takeout restaurant and i'd barely ever see him or Mm -hmm. sometimes my mom would let me stay up just mm-hmm. a, hey, good night, you know, yeah. type thing. <laughs> Love you, good night. <laughs> but I remember in the morning, I'd sit, I'd sit on his lap, and he would be doing the books, mm-hmm. and you know, me, typical kid, you know, what's this, what's that. My dad was awesome with that. He was like, look, he's like, this is how much money we brought in. Mm-hmm. This is how much, uh, you know, paper products cost. Yep. This is how much the food costs. Mm-hmm. This is how much the, you know, the yeah. help costs. Mm-hmm. You know, this is how much I got to pay for the utilities. This Mm -hmm. is how much I got to pay for, you know, the mortgage or rent, you know, Mm -hmm. at that point. I mean, he he bought the building, so 
it was mo- mortgage. a mortgage, you know. But I remember sitting there and just looking and like, yeah, it'd be this like cool amount that you start with. But yeah. then it just Once you like, start chipping it away. Yeah, you're like, you just start oh. chip away. And it's like, oh, okay. So that's why I'm not getting the Christmases that I, I want, think, you yes. know, and things like that. And, <laughs> and there was a healthy understanding of that because I remember growing up and you and I talk yeah. about this all the time. It's like I didn't have the childhood that, you know, some or many had. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't have much money at all, but we had each other and, and also that sharing of knowledge there. Like, I when my parents told me I can't give you ten dollars or five dollars yeah. or whatever I was asking a toy or whatever, I knew why. Right. It wasn't just because they didn't want to give it to me. Right. It wasn't yeah. just because of this or that. Yeah. It's like they, we just can't. They literally don't just have it. Can't yeah. do it. You know. And oh, I remember having friends and they're just like, just ask your parents for ten bucks. And this is what I got to mention yeah. to parents. It's like when you hand your kids money. They're like hanging out nothing. with a group yeah. of friends that don't that can't do that. Right. And you say, well, whoa, what am I going to say no to my kid? It's like, well, no, let them understand yes. that this is an exception. Yes. You know, and teach that, them the value. Because I, re- oh, I don't yeah. know how many times I was a kid and they're just like, try to get 10 bucks from your parents. It's like, I can't. And I'd miss out on a bunch of things, you yeah. know, and they're just, oh, just ask them. I'm like. I can't. Yes. Like I already know. Even the, if I asked even them, if I did, I already I know, know it's not there. I know yeah. the answer to this question. Yeah. You know, just try it. Now I remember there was times out of spots. I'm like, all right, you son of a bitch, come in here. Yeah. Because you're gonna be here with my parents to see it. Yes. You know. Yeah. And just you know, can I have ten dollars? No. You yep. know. And then and then it was even funnier. You know, and this is what parents don't understand. You know, kids at that age are well, you could have tried harder. And it's like, no, it's not there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just. It's not a negotiation. You know, yeah, I don't have this little piggy bank that you can just tap into called right. your parents, you yeah. know, and all that used to piss me off as a kid because yeah. it wasn't even the fact that they had to the $10 even more. That that didn't bother me. Mm-hmm. What bothered me was they didn't understand why I couldn't get right. that $10 or yeah. $20. And that was the part that literally frustrated the, the hell out of me. Yeah. You know, and missing out on things. I didn't mind missing out on stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were things that I really would have liked, would have, have liked to yeah. have done, or whatever, and things like that. But in the grand scheme of things, I mean, there's always something else to do, right? You know, yeah. and I think that's something that teaches kids. Also, you know, I I grew up young, understanding that I'm probably not going to get eighty percent of the shit I'm after, right? Because that's just how the mold was when I was growing up, mm-hmm. and then I think that's a big problem with kids today is they're used to getting 80% of the things they're going right. after yeah. instead of the inverse of mm-hmm. that. And so they have a fucking meltdown if they when they don't, don't get yeah. what they're, they're after. Cause they don't understand. Oh my God, I'm so depressed yeah. because I don't, I'm not where I am at my life. It's like you're fucking 20, yeah. you know, you got a whole life to fucking screw up, yeah. mess up, fall on your face, simmer down, lose, yeah. you know, and, and you haven't been in a position to lose at all, yeah. you know, and then, you know, back to the self-soothing stuff that we talk about mm-hmm. all the time, you know, and it just, uh, yeah. Failure's important. You learn a lot from it. Not even just failure, just restriction. Yeah. And let's be honest, all the stuff that kids are getting handed to, they don't fucking need it. No. You know, it's, and then you or get, no, but you get down to the heart it. of yeah. it. You get down to the heart of it. And this is somebody that has no kids and parents go, well, it's, yeah, that's what you say. You don't have kids. It's right. like, well, I don't know. My parents did it. Yeah. So I know it's possible. Mm-hmm. So I'm not poo-pooing the idea, 
But then, no, this is what happens. I hear from a lot of parents, you know, well, it's socially awkward for them. And it's like, who the fuck cares? Life is socially awkward. It's so bad all now. All the fucking time. That schools are trying to implement no cell phone policies. Mm-hmm. Like they're trying to do what they do with the comedy shows. Where yeah. You, and uh, they should have been doing and that. And the venues the where you put them in the bags. Beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't get unlocked until the end of, end class of the day. Or end of school. Yeah. End of the day. Yeah. That, they should put them in like a coat check. Yeah. You yep. Know. They shouldn't even have them on their person. Yeah. No, it's, nope. it's just, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of, there is no reason why a parent needs to contact their child during school hours, unless it's an emergency. And yeah. if it's an emergency, you can call the office. They will get your child and they will have your child no, waiting it, for you. It, if you have to, it's pick amazing them up. to me. Cause like, I, I remember going to school and if I sound like the old fart, fuck you, I don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, I remember going to school and my parents you know how many times they called at school for me? You Zero. ready for this? Zero. Yeah. Zero times my parents called. You know how many times the school had to call my parents in the 12 years I went to school? Probably less than five freaking yeah. times. Yep. That's how much that information, you know, I mean, they got the numbers. They got all that stuff. It's just. Ah, we had a. Uh, and here we go. <laughs> going in the way back machine. Mm-hmm. We had a pay phone. So like if something came up yeah. and there and I had to stay after school yeah. for something, use a payphone. Then I would call, tell my mother, "Hey, I have this thing. Mm-hmm. It's after school. Yeah. It gets out at this time. Is that okay? One, is that mm-hmm. okay? And two, can you pick me up? Yeah. Because if she can't pick me up, guess what? I can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just uh yeah, and and you know what? For all the defensive positions they do on all this, it's like, look, none of this shit's working. No. You know, that's my problem now. I'll say as a New Yorker, you know, it's like I'm tired of the defensive position of stuff that sucks. Mm-hmm. I think, and I think a lot of people are in that position yeah. right now, um, you know, of just trying, just listening to people defend things that are literally just terrible. Yeah. Or terrible ideas or failed plans or whatever. And it's like, why are you defending this? You know, mm-hmm. you know what was nice? And I'm going to speak it as a New Yorker. What was nice about Remsen yesterday is I saw two people with masks on. Mm-hmm. That was it. Mm-hmm. And the crime was they were middle-aged people. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there. And I didn't say anything to at the time because it was just a great day. I didn't want to. But I'm sitting there at like, at what point? Do you say to yourself, this is, this is probably not a good thing for me. No, I, I get the whole, you know, it's a mental hurdle and all of that other stuff. But we were there in one street, tents, you know, easy ups on each side of the road, all the way down for a quarter mile. There's nothing but people plowed in the middle of there. And you're, you and the person you're with are the only ones wearing masks out of probably 2,000 people that are there. If it makes them feel happy and it gets them out of no, that house. No, I know, but I just feel, it's like I said, it's just defending a bad idea. It's not like... But they don't see it that way. I know you see it as it's supporting an agenda, a bad idea, No, it's not even, I, I'm not even getting the agenda and a bad idea. Skip over that for a moment. These were just regular kind of fabric... Yeah. Or like hospital masks, you know, like not the N95s or whatever. 
And the fact is, like, I remember when I was working, I purposely, you know, they say, well, you know, it's, it's so the moisture doesn't go out and all that stuff. That's the point of the mask. That's what they were talking about. I remember I took my glasses off. I grabbed my mask over my mouth and I went oh, through the mask and it fogged up my glasses. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'd look and I'm like, this is, this is stupid. I know. You know? I get but, that. But but here's the thing. Before COVID, no one was wearing masks. I understand that. <laughs> so it's like a, a reset button. Like I said, I'll take the 2,000 people that weren't wearing them and mm-hmm. the two people. But I'm just saying, like, I see things like that. And I know if I were to approach them, it would just be this defense of bad ideas. Now, granted, that's a small pool. But, like, talking about, say, the school system or talking about, you know, just a lot of different things. I mean, we're just happen to be talking about school. It's like there's things where you're just like, don't you want to try something different? You know, like, don't you want to, you know, and, and it just, it's, I, I've never been since I grew up a fall in person. And I know that's what makes me different mm-hmm. because a lot of people are just fall in mm-hmm. and I just don't fall in. I've never been that way. I never will be. And, you know, for those I offend, Eh, maybe I'm sorry. I don't know. <laughs> but it just, uh, yeah, you know, stand on your own two feet and and march through life. But episode 144, we got the Long Island serial killer. We do. We do. Or Lisk. Lisk. Yep. You know, as, uh, as known. Uh, my sources are longisland.com. Hey, same. Yeah. Uh, ny1.com. And then uh, I got an article on uh, Slate.com as well. I have LongIsland.com. Long Island. Long Island. Yeah. TheIndependent.com. And ABC7News.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this goes by a few names it, of this. It, you know. it does. It's mm-hmm. There's, well, we'll just, I guess the only way to do this is we'll to just, just get into through it. it. Yeah. So what are we even talking about? This is this one specific area in Long Island. Yeah. So picture it. It's beautiful beach dunes. There's picturesque homes, and they line Long Island's south shore. However, amidst this suburban utopia is probably one of the most awful secrets that has finally... There are just bad tragedies. Yeah, yeah. And it's finally been brought to light and... We're moving forward. Yeah. There were a bunch of crimes committed there. And there's a, we have our infamous Long Island serial killer, also known as the Gilgo Beach Killer mm-hmm. or the Craigslist Ripper. Yeah. Uh, he was unidentified for many years. And they suspected it was one individual allegedly responsible for the murder of between 10 and 17 women and one man. And the subsequent dumping of their bodies along Ocean Parkway over a period of nearly 20 years. So in December of 2010, Suffolk County Police Department officer John Malia and his dog, a German shepherd named Blue, were out conducting a search for Shannon Gilbert, a 24-year-old prostitute from New Jersey who had been missing since May 1st. After visiting a client in Oak Beach, she had met through Craigslist. While conducting that search in the dunes of Ocean Parkway on the south shore of Long Island, on their own time, Malia and Blue came across something that sparked horror and outrage nationwide. And this was the skeletal remains of a woman stuffed into a worn 
burlap sap. The remains were not Gilbert's, however, and the horrifying discovery led to the police searching the Ocean Parkway between the towns of Gilgo Beach and Oak Beach in Suffolk County and the area of Jones Beach State Park in Nassau County, and two days later, the search uncovered three more bodies, all female, that had been unceremoniously dumped amongst the dunes and thick vegetation lining the roadway. So this is when they first discover, oh, shit. Yeah. We've got a problem. This isn't a one-off. They've uncovered a killer's dumping ground. Yeah, and they had bodies that were dismembered Correct. and all It was at stuff. that time that Suffolk County Police Commissioner Richard Dormer was quoted by news media as saying the unfathomable, quote, Four bodies found in the same location pretty much speaks for itself. It's more than a coincidence. We could have a serial killer, end quote. The initial four bodies were identified in January of 2010 as Megan Waterman, 22, of South Portland, Maine, who had gone missing on June 6, 2010. Maureen Brainerd Barnes, 25, of Norwich, Connecticut, or Norwich, Connecticut, last seen on July 9th of 2007. Melissa Bartholomew, 24, of Erie County, New York, missing since July 10th of 2009, and Amber Lynn Costello, 27, of North Babylon, New York, who disappeared on September 2nd, 2010. All four women were revealed to have been escorts and or prostitutes who had advertised their services on the classified advertisements website Craigslist. The remains of each woman were found stuffed into an individual rotting burlap sack, and autopsies later revealed all the women had died of strangulation. Such a gruesome string of crimes was essentially unheard of on Long Island. As the authorities continued and widened the scope of their, their search, their grim discoveries continued to increase. In late March and early April of 2010, an additional four bodies were found one about a mile east of where the first four were located, and three more on the north side of the highway several miles further down. What differed about these four was that none of their remains were encased and burlapped, as the initial four had been. And again, Shannon Gilbert, whose disappearance, who sparked and triggered all of this, was not among them. Suffolk County police expanded their search into Nassau County in an effort to find more potential bodies. Of these four additional victims, to date, only one has been identified, Jessica Taylor, 20, of Manhattan, who went missing in July of 2003 and had also worked as a prostitute. She was found missing her head and hands and had to be identified via DNA. Her skull and hands were later discovered at Gilgo Beach. The other three bodies have only been identified as Jane Doe number 6, a possible prostitute who was found dismembered, and a body of a young Asian male, again, likely a prostitute dubbed John Doe, who had died of blunt force trauma. The fourth corpse, that of a toddler between the ages of 16 and 24 months and, and dubbed Baby Doe, had been found wrapped in a blanket and showed no visible signs of trauma. Suffolk officials have not ruled the baby's death a homicide and speculate that it was unrelated to the alleged victims of the Long Island serial killer as it obviously did not fit the M.O. at the time mm. in any notable, discernible way. So you're saying there's only one body that was ever identified? Of this second group of four. Oh, okay, okay. 
All right. Yeah. The, I'm pumping my brakes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, the Nassau County and New York State Police Departments had joined the investigation with both coordinating with Suffolk County to pool their resources. On April 6, 2011, Nassau County Police Detective Lieutenant Kevin Smith noted that his department would, quote, further explore and investigate any criminal activity which may be in close proximity to the recently discovered human remains found in Suffolk, end quote. On April 11th, the search in Nassau County intensified, and soon afterward, a set of partial remains were uncovered, bones found by a police dog, as well as a separate skull from yet another possible victim. This brought the body count linked to the alleged serial Long Island serial killer to 10. On April 22nd, police found two human teeth while hacking through thick brush alongside Ocean Parkway with machetes and chainsaws. Officials had reportedly previously had the dense vegetation in the area make it, and it was making their search difficult, hence the machetes and the chainsaws. These partial remains have never been identified except as Jane Doe number three and Jane Doe number seven. The remains of Jane Doe number three were discovered in a plastic bag near Jones Beach State Park. DNA analysis indicates her to be the mother of baby Doe. DNA also linked Jane Doe number seven, whose skull and several teeth were recovered at Tobey Beach, to a set of severed legs found in a garbage bag on Fire Island in April 1996. On September 20th, 2011, Police released composite sketches of Jane Doe number six and John Doe, in addition to photographs of matching jewelry worn by both Jane Doe number three and Baby Doe in hopes of identifying the victims. In December of 2016, authorities linked the DNA of Jane Doe number three to the unidentified torso of a woman found in Hempstead Lake Park in 1997. The victim had been dubbed Peaches, under the Hempstead Lake Park investigation, so named for a tattoo on the woman's chest. According to a recent Long Island press report, investigators said that Peaches was a black woman between the ages of 20 and 30. Her torso was discovered by a hiker who found it stuffed in a plastic bag inside a green Rubbermaid container on June 28, 1997. Because no head has been found to match Jane Doe number 3 or Peaches, Police have not been able to release a composite sketch of what she may have looked like. At this point, authorities have begun to speculate that the alleged killer was someone familiar with law enforcement techniques as the phone of one victim was used to call the deceased's sister several times. However, the calls were too short in duration to be traced and the locations used, such as Manhattan's Penn Station, were too highly trafficked for anyone in particular to stand out. So on June 16th, 2011, Suffolk County police raised the reward for information leading to an arrest in the murders from $5,000 to $25,000, which was the largest reward ever offered in the department's history. On November 29th of 2011, investigators announced that they believe that all 10 deaths were attributed to one individual. Previously, authorities had speculated that there may have been more than one based on differences in the conditions of the found bodies and that the killer was, quote, almost certainly from Long Island. At this point, officials also stated they did not believe the case of Shannon Gilbert to be related in any way to these deaths. 
Gilbert's body was later found in a marsh about a half mile from Oak Beach, which is where she reportedly disappeared from. Pope, uh, police believe that she had accidentally drowned after stumbling into a swamp in a drug-induced panic. However, an autopsy later commissioned by Gilbert's family and conducted by famed New York City medical examiner Dr. Michael Bodden revealed that her death and subsequent decomposition was not consistent with drowning. Bodden concluded, There is insufficient information to determine a a definite cause of death, but the autopsy findings are consistent with strangulation. Despite these findings, authorities do not believe her death is related to the Long Island serial killer and still consider her death an accident. In a sad twist, Shannon Gilbert's mother, uh, Mari, was found dead in July of 2016, the apparent victim of a stabbing. Mari, 52, had aggressively been uh, pursuing her daughter's case before she was found dead in the apartment of her younger daughter, Sarah Gilbert, 27. Sarah, who is said to suffer from schizophrenia, was charged with the murder of her mother, but pled not guilty to the stabbing on August 12th of 2016. On December 10th, 2015, the Suffolk County Police Department announced that the FBI had officially joined the investigation after unofficially assisting police in conducting searches for victims for a number of years. Several other bodies discovered in the area of Long Island have been speculated to be the work of the Long Island serial killer, and they're being considered by authorities Although without any hard evidence linking them, the connections are considered speculation. And that's it. Just speculation. Mm -hmm. Among these victims are June 28th, 1997, the dismembered torso of an unidentified young African-American female who was found at the Hempstead Lake Park. Peaches. March 3rd, 2007, a suitcase containing the dismembered torso of an unidentified Hispanic or African-American washed up on a beach in Mama Ronick, Tanya Rush, 39 of uh, Brooklyn, whose b- dismembered body was discovered in a suitcase on the side of the Southern State Parkway in Belmore, New York. The remains of an Asian woman between the ages of 20 and 30 who was found in a sandy area on Sheep Lane in Laddington. On March 16, 2013, 31-year-old Natasha Hugo disappeared after leaving her home in Queens. On June 24th, 2013, her body washed up on Gilgo Beach. Mm. And as for the infamous Long Island serial killer himself, for these odd many years, he's been unknown, officially known as unsub by authorities, which stands for unknown subject. It's long been suggested that said person would be a white male, approximately 20 to 40 years of age. Police say that he's likely a Long Island resident with deep knowledge of the South Shore, access to the burlap sacks that several of the victims were discovered in, and again, familiar with law enforcement techniques. And then the trail ran cold for many years. Long time. Yep. And they were like, you know, are there going to be more victims? What's going to go on? Which brings us to Thursday, August 3rd, 2023. Local married father of two, Rex Hewerman, was arrested on suspicion of being the infamous serial killer. The 59-year-old has been charged with the murders of Melissa Bartholomew, or Bartholomew, 
Megan Waterman, and Amber Castello, and is also the prime suspect in the murder of a fourth woman, Maureen Brainerd Barnes, who was last seen alive in New York City in early June 2007. Long Island native Mr. Hewerman lives close to Gilgo Beach, where the killer dumped his victims. He also works as an architect in Manhattan, where some of the uh, women were last seen alive, while neighbors... Professional acquaintance and victims' families react to the shocking news. The question is, now that an arrest has been made, is the hunt for this Gilgo Beach serial killer over? Like, is this it? And on July 13th, there was a huge breakthrough in the case when Mr. Hewerman was finally arrested and charged with the three murders and suspected of the fourth. Mm -hmm. Dramatic video captured him walking along a Manhattan road when he was suddenly surrounded by plainclothes officers and taken into custody. The accused killer has been married twice and shares a 26-year-old daughter and stepson with special needs with his second wife. Mr. Hewerman is president of architecture firm RH Consultants and Associates, a company which he founded in 1994 and which his daughter now also works for. According to the company website, Mr. Hewerman's company has worked with the likes of Catholic Charities, New York State DEP Sewerage Treatment, and American Airlines, and other major tenants at the JFK International Airport. A company page called Meet the Team and featuring his photo was taken down on Friday morning, the 4th, as news of his arrest broke. In an interview posted on YouTube by Bonjour Realty last year, the father of two said that he was, quote, born and raised in Long Island, but has been, quote, working in Manhattan since 1987, which is a very long time. The architecture firm. I think also what what people have to understand like, if you're not familiar with the city in that section in New York, somebody were to say, well, you know, I'm in Manhattan. I'm not in Long Island. It's 30 minutes away. Yeah. You know, I mean, I just, and I'm going to say it for what it is. Some you know? of the victims I mean, were I, last seen in Manhattan this and guy, then found in Gilgo well, Beach. Well, I mean, here's the thing with this case. I mean, there needs to be some strong evidence. And with this guy... I mean, he doesn't have a whole lot in his favor. <laughs> no. According to court um, records, phone calls made from burner phones and some of the victim's cell phones can be traced, traced to his to office. Him. Yeah. Well, and they considered him a suspect in March 2022. Um, there was this uh, Chevrolet Avalanche that was uh, registered in his name and had been linked to one of the killings by a witness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, it's all kind of early stuff yeah. and stuff's not being... Yeah, produced, at, at you this know, point, it's I don't just, know who was saying what right. and what or whatever, but the investigators are saying that his cell phone records indicated that he was in contact with three of the four victims. Mm-hmm. And um, an email account linked to him had conducted online searches of uh, the investigation's progress. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is why I tell everybody, use a freaking VPN. No, I'm serious, yeah. because yeah. all the shit can be used against you, you know, yep. and... Uh, and I'm not trying to give another tip to killers or whatever, but right. but there's a lot of people that get accused falsely of things mm-hmm. because of stuff like this. Right, yes. And it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. use a VPN, and that eliminates all this crap. Right. Because they can't use and all this. And they can't tell you to shit. They can't, yeah, they can't use this shit against you, you know. And, um, you know, court records indicated that... uh he searched for the internet for sadistic materials, child pornography, 
Uh, also, images of the victims and their relatives, which, I mean, it just doesn't pan out well. No. Um, the mitochondrial DNA testing indicated that um, he was a potential match uh, when they found hair on the burlap wrappings of one of the bodies. And that was compared to a sample that they actually got from pizza crust yeah. in a box that he discarded. Yep. Um, you know, and uh, a potential match to his wife was also found when comparing hair found on near uh, three of the victims to samples taken from the bottles found in the trash outside of their residence. Mm -hmm. Um, An investigator stated that his wife and children were out of state at the time during these killings when they occurred. It's implied that he took some of the victims to his home, which mm-hmm. is how how all that DNA is getting that, crossed up. That DNA could be transferred. Yeah, transferred. Here's DNA. the thing with that beach too. Um, again, if you're not familiar with the New York City Long Island area, so you know you got the whole state of New York, and then Southwest really in the corner is where the city is, mm-hmm. and then you know you have the boroughs of New York City. Now bordering. Um, Long Island, you have basically Brooklyn, Queens, um, I would almost say not really Yonkers. I mean, yeah, kind of a bit Yonkers on the northern side. So like north, you got Yonkers and you can get to the island from there. But like direct connecting is definitely Brooklyn and Manhattan is on the western side of Brooklyn. Right. But yeah, you know, Manhattan you just go over the bridge right. and you're in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. you know, and then Brooklyn to the east, as you're going towards the coast, you're on Queens. So, you know, Brooklyn and Queens border, Queens borders uh, Long Island entirely. Mm-hmm. You know, like more of Queens is on Long Island than anything. Uh, but you got Brooklyn next to Queens, you know, kind of wedged into Manhattan and Queens. And you can get to this island because Brooklyn, you you take down and you go through Long Beach and kind of work your way over to uh, Gilgo, Gilgo Beach. Gilgo Beach. And, you know, and uh, in Queens, you can go into Long Island and go from there. But again, you know, from like, you know, if you're in Queens, you got JFK Airport right below Queens. And from JFK Airport to, yeah, Gilgo Beach is like, it's like 30 minutes. It's not far. Uh, obviously, someone who's doing this has a car. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing that's mentioned before, I think, you know, used to be a relevant statement to say that they're familiar with police handling mm-hmm. things and all that. I think the Internet and the passion for true crime mm-hmm. and the movies and the mm-hmm. shows and all mm-hmm. that have pretty much thrown that whole thing yeah. out of a bit. Um, you know, you could do research for 30 days straight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and be obsessive about it, say four or five hours a day. And um, you're going to pretty much be familiar with everything that the police do mm-hmm. to process a body, handle evidence, you know, and all that stuff. Um, so I think the link to law enforcement. Yeah. 20 years ago and further. Sure. I think very rev- relevant thing to say. Now? Now, I think so it's a much. non-issue. You know? So, in his pro- professional life, some acquaintances described him as arrogant while others said he was creepy. The point of that is, you ask these people after. After, yeah. He's been 
no, arrested. I guarantee, I guarantee. So even if he didn't do it. Yeah. No, it's already in their head that yeah. he's a terrible person. Yeah. So, yeah. oh, yeah, he's arrogant. No, I guarantee if you asked all these people before the accusations came, they were probably like, nope, super nice guy. They'd be like, you know, yeah, no, he's... Beloved in the community, yeah. blah, 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 you know, all that stuff. Because, um, yeah, I'm sorry, unless you're... And this is where you start splitting hairs on bullshit. But, you know, you're going to make an effort to be a nice person because you don't want any exposure on right. you. You know, so you're going to go the out verse on that. But... It takes a crazy person to do all this stuff, period. Mm -hmm. So you can run the risk that they're arrogant and all this right, other yeah. stuff. You know, you, you mean, can't. He's working in Manhattan. He's an yeah. architect. The whole point is to get business. And the way you do that is, you know, you've you've yeah, got to be nice. And, yeah. You know. But also you got to be good at your at your stuff. Oh, and, and you also have to be aggressive enough to present to potential clients that's what people I can do this that's for what you. people don't understand about New Yorkers you know like especially in the city and I mean my mom was born and raised in New York um you know I was born obviously in northern New York but my grandparents were still in New York mm -hmm. as a kid and I spent a lot of time in New York City and you know if you've never been there you don't understand you have to there's a, a level of coarseness that you have to have right. you have to be just abrasive. to survive yeah. there. You know, um, it's it's um, and I mean, it's a great city. It's a beautiful city. I, you know, I hate seeing where it's heading now, but it's just it's humanity. It's life. It's things that happen. But but even at its best, you know, you've got to be coarse. And, you know, the reason for for that whole bit of it is you've got millions of people that live in this area. And if you want to shine outside of that, you got to be aggressive. There's just no other way right. to explain it, you know, especially like. Manhattan, uh, I think there's one and a half million people that just live in Manhattan, yeah. you know. So if you're going to be an architect or a business person or a real estate developer or just anything of that nature, a restaurant owner or whatever, you got to be pretty freaking aggressive to yep. separate yourself. You know, even if you're just running a pizzeria, you know how many fucking pizzerias are in New York City, yeah. just let alone in a borough? You know, there's tons of I them. wouldn't do that. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying yeah. there's tons of yeah. them. So for you to do that and for you to shine out, you've got to be a very aggressive person. Mm -hmm. So that's, um, you know, if you get somebody that's like lives in Ohio or the Midwest and they're trying to judge someone based on a crime over there, it's like, no, you you don't understand the demographic over there. No. You don't no. understand it at all. You don't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> They're all potential serial killers well, just based on their attitude. Yeah. yeah. And also, I'm going to go on the other side of the aisle here with this, like just the amount of sex workers in New York yeah. City. There's a ton of them. Mm -hmm. There's a bunch of them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is where you start getting into the touchy subject of street, you know, sex workers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously it's not safe at all. It's never been safe. You know, but, um, excuse me, but. You know, this is where you have those kind of debatable topics of why do pimps exist? And it's, mm -hmm. you know, when you're already in a bad situation where you're selling your body for money, regardless if it's just to keep your head afloat or you got a drug problem or both or whatever, you know, yeah, you might line up with this aggressive person. Again, has to be aggressive mm -hmm. because of the demographic the, of the area. Yeah. But this person will at least protect you and you're not going to die from a John. 
Right. So do I get abused by the person I know or killed by the person I don't, I don't know? know? Yeah. You know, and these are the complicated situations that people like specifically in the sex industry sex trade, yeah. and sex trade. I don't even like saying industry. It's a trade. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> it's not unionized. It's not, you know, um, there's no protection. And the fact is, is you can't. You never will. Uh, you know, you're not trying to do this for a living. Right. It's not something you grow up and say, boy, I really hope, uh, you know, I do this. Yeah. And if you are, man, it's like you've got so many other opportunities mm-hmm. you could do. And you're really dealing with the seething underbelly of the world. Because even if you've got the nicest woman that just says the daring thing of, well, I'm going to do this so I can do things my way and all that. It's like you have no idea the demons you're yeah. Stewing around in the You're mud. You're gonna with. die. You know, yeah. these are these are the lower of the lows of the lows yeah. of people, you know. Now what I always wondered about this and always fascinated me was, is it one person? You know. Yeah. I have I mean, a hard time with thing. it. You know, they I mean, don't... unless they link this guy up, which they're doing a pretty magic job of it. But, they are. I mean, he's you know, at least responsible for part of it. Three, you know, but what do we got? Ten, eleven, you know, just under a dozen. There's any and that's, that's who the they found. They found, yeah, exactly. That's who they they found, found parts. Yeah. So Paul Teitelbaum worked with Mr. Hewerman on a building in Brooklyn Heights, and he told the New York Times that Mr. Hewerman had a swagger and an attitude that said, "I'm the expert, and you're lucky to have me." Yeah. He had to. Yeah. He had to yeah. in order to keep his business alive. Yeah. yeah Meanwhile. Exactly. Uh, Dominique Vidal, an interior designer who was part of the same architecture networking group as Mr. Hewerman, said that he repeatedly called her and left her a quote-unquote creepy voicemail, despite them never having worked together. Quote, he left me this voicemail in the end of February after I left the group, she said in a TikTok video posted on either the 4th or 5th of August. Sure, sure. Previous to that, he did call me a couple times. I answered the phone, nothing really significant. I found it odd he was calling me because I had no work for him. There's no ongoing relationship. We were just two people who used to be in the same networking group. There's nothing incredibly scary about the voicemail beside the fact that he's the Gilgo Beach murderer. So you're saying it's a creepy voicemail, and then you're saying, well, I mean, you know, there's nothing scary or odd or weird about it. Yeah. Whatever. Neighbors of Mr. Hewerman in Massapequa Park, which is located just a 20-minute drive from Gilgo Beach, where the killer dumped the bodies, give a gave a mixed picture of the accused uh, siller, uh, killer. They said that he was a quiet family man who lived in the close-knit community with his wife and two children. One neighbor, who's lived a stone's throw from Hewerman for more than two decades, said that the family is a very quiet family who made no imprint at all on the neighborhood. Basically, we never had any contact with him, living here 22 years and never said two words to him, the longtime Massapequa Park resident said, adding that one bad apple doesn't spoil the bunch in a great neighborhood. Yet another neighbor who'd lived there for 13 years told Newsweek that children would avoid his home on Halloween. Quote, most people don't knock on his door, said Barry Auslander. During Halloween, the kids are told to stay away. He's not a very nice person. And yet you've got a bunch of people saying they're quiet. They keep them themselves. So mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, they added that his home was dilapidated and always dark. Yet another neighbor who lived there for 13 years told, um, oh, we did that one. <laughs> Last year, the Suffolk County Police Department and New York State Police 
revamped the probe into the killings, and ultimately that's what led to Hewerman's bombshell arrest outside of his Midtown office on Thursday. Bail application released by the Suffolk County District Attorney revealed that Mr. Hewerman was linked to the serial killings through cell phone evidence and surveillance. Prosecutors have argued that no bail should be set for Mr. Hewerman due to his recent searches for sadistic materials, child uh, pornography, images of the victims and their relatives, as you stated. And Mr. Hewerman was first linked to the cold case in March of 2022 after the um, investigators discovered that the Chevy Avalanche registered him was possibly the one spotted by a witness in Costello's disappearance. As law enforcement closed in on him, they served more than 300 subpoenas and search warrants that uncovered cell phone records for burner phones used to arrange meetings with three of the Gilgo Four victims before they went missing. Further analysis has also allegedly linked Mr. Hewerman to taunting calls made to family members of the victims, according to investigators. That's the real big one that's... And the calls were made from the Midtown Manhattan area where the offices of Hewerman's architecture business are located. Among the evidence linking Hewerman to the murders was hair found on burlap material used to wrap Waterman's corpse, according to court documents. DNA analysis has not been possible in the early stages of the investigation, but new technology allowed for testing in July of 2020. Mm -hmm. And the team surveilling Hewerman collect the discarded pizza box, and then confirm the DNA match with the suspect on June 12th. And records also show that several online accounts under fictitious names linked to Hewerman were used for illegal activities. Mr. Hewerman allegedly used those accounts and burner phones to contact women for prostitution services, as well as making chilling online searches. And that's what dudes do. I mean, yeah. I'm just going to be honest, like this, like seething underbelly of like dudes, you know, that are involved in the sex trade. You know, they do this through burner phones. They do this yeah. through all this type of stuff because they don't want people to know that you're doing it. Exactly. So now, you know, just the construct of the the trade itself creates this nefarious intent with mm-hmm. things, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm willing to go the whole distance with them, you know, because I think everybody regardless of what my personal opinion of it is. I think everybody's innocent until they're proven guilty. You know, that's a thing that I really have a problem with now is this guilt is just instant once the accusation's made. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's a bad road to go down. Yeah, what happened to innocent? There's a lot of bad governments that gone down that road and they're in the history books, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, for the reading. Uh, And that's what makes our country here at the United States incredible in that regard for a long time and it's hard because once you get that off of you this is why they end up suing you know the 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 town or the city or whatever if you're falsely accused because you can't just whitewash that away people got their opinions and they'll stick with them you know and and um the things that get me is definitely the the looking into the family members and all that stuff you know that's it doesn't smell right the dna stuff is tough and but wait, yeah, I know, more. and that's the buildup. The searches included sadistic, torture-related pornography, mm-hmm. child pornography, and other disturbing content. Yeah. Mr. Hewerman is also accused of searching. "Quote: Why could law enforcement not trace the calls made by the Long Island serial killer? Why has the Long Island serial killer? Uh, why hasn't the Long Island serial yeah. killer been caught? And new phone technology may be key to break in case." Yeah. 
More forensic analysis revealed that female hairs found in the three crime scene locations belong to Hewerman's wife. However, authorities mm-hmm. have determined that she was out of state when the murders took place. At the time Bartholomew went missing in July 2009, Hewerman's wife was in Iceland. She visited Maryland around the time Waterman disappeared and in June 2010 also traveled to New Jersey when Costello was last seen in September of that year. Quote, it's likely that the burlap, tape, vehicles, and other instrumentalities utilized in furtherance of these murders came from defendant Hewerman's residence, where his wife also resides or was transferred from his clothing, prosecutors explained. Hewerman is also the prime suspect in the murder of Maureen Brainerd Barnes, who's believed to be one of the Gilgo Four. Prosecutors noted in the application that records for the burner phones used to contact Brainerd Barnes were not obtained at the time she went missing and no longer exist. Mm -hmm. So could you imagine the conversation between the wife and him after the DNA results came in? Yeah. How the fuck is my DNA... (laughs) Found on these dead bodies. On these dead bodies. Like, yeah. how how is that possible? You but know? wait, there's more. I know. The search for evidence related to the alleged serial killer expands to South Carolina. Yeah. Beyond Long Island, New York, the research for forensic and physical evidence in connection with Gilgo Beach murder suspect Rex Hewerman has expanded to property he owns in South Carolina. The sheriff's office in Chester said Tuesday... Uh, It received a request to seize a vehicle, a Chevy Avalanche. Authorities said at the time of Hewerman's arrest on Friday, August 3rd, the vehicle was located in South Carolina and is linked to the investigation. Hewerman purchased four lots along Rippling Brook Drive in Chester in 2021. Meanwhile, detectives in New York are combing through storage units linked to the suspect and using DNA evidence to see if he's connected to other cold cases. The multi-agency investigation led prosecutors to charge Hewerman with murder last Friday and the death of three of the 11 women whose remains were found buried along a remote beach highway in 2010 and 2011. Hewerman has lived for decades across the bay from where the remains were found is also considered the prime suspect in the killing of a fourth victim. He has pled not guilty. His lawyer said Hewerman denied committing the crimes. Investigators said it's unlikely just one person killed all of the victims. And they insist the probe is far from over and the watershed mo- after this watershed moment mm-hmm. of Hewerman's mm-hmm. arrest. Suffolk County Police Commissioner Rodney Harrison, who spearheaded the creation of an interagency agency task force last year to solve the Gilgo Beach killings has vowed that authorities will work tirelessly until we bring justice to all the families involved. Detectives executed a search warrant at Omega Self Storage in Amityville on Sunday and searched another nearby storage facility on Monday. Both are less than a 10-minute drive from Hewerman's home. This followed a multi-day search at Hewerman's house in Massapequa, about a 25-minute drive across a causeway spanning South Oyster Bay to the sandy stretch known as Gilgo Beach, where the women's remains were found. That search yielded more than 200 guns, Harrison said. Suffolk County, um, Suffolk District Attorney Ray Tierney said Hewerman had permits for 92 firearms. Investigators were also checking to see if Hewerman's DNA, obtained from the pizza crust, had genetic material found on Gilgo Beach victims' remains connected him to mm-hmm. that, but 
could it also connect to other unsolved cases, which means they're probably going to start running DNA on more cases. Oh, yeah, definitely. The married father of two is behind bars, charged with first-degree murder in the deaths of Melissa Bartholomew, Megan Waterman, and Amber Costello, according to an indictment unsealed in Suffolk County Criminal Court. He's also considered the prime suspect in the death of Maureen Brainerd Barnes. Harrison believes Hewerman's wife and adult daughter had no idea. They were shocked. They were disgusted. They were embarrassed. So if you ask me, I don't believe they knew about this double double life that Hewerman was living. Yeah. Hewerman was first eyed in the case in March 2022. At the time, he was connected via his the Chevy vehicle. Avalanche. Yeah. Tierney personally appeared before the judge calling Hewerman an ongoing danger he implored the judge not to allow bail as Hewerman owns houses in South Carolina and Las Vegas and is a flight risk. Mm-hmm. He said Hewerman used seven burner phones to make more than 200 searches about the Gilgo Beach investigation and family members of the victims. Ellie Pertel, the sister of one of the victims, Megan Waterman, spoke, spoke out after the arrest. Quote, I honestly was very shocked because he doesn't look like the monster that he is. Pertel said, but hearing details from the from the day, I guess he really was a monster, unquote. Hewerman was ordered held on no bail pending a bail application based on what the judge called the, quote, extreme depravity of the allegations, unquote. The four women Hewerman is linked to were all found covered in burlap along a half mile stretch of Ocean Parkway on Long Island South Shore in late 2010. Shannon Gilbert's disappearance in 2010 is what triggered all of this. That's the story, like the tragedy of the tragedies. Yeah. Right here. Because here you have this woman, 24 years old, and basically disappeared in that area. Um, She called. She called, and it was a 23-minute emergency call. Yep. uh, To 911. And she was saying, but this is the part that's different. They are trying to kill me. Um. And basically, you know, after her disappearance, that's what triggered yep. all of this. Yep. So if this girl didn't call 911, everybody would be yeah. oblivious to this because yep. this when this cop came with a cadaver dog mm-hmm. looking for her yeah. and found all this other shit. Yeah. Found going everybody around. else. And um, you know, as a tale of events. But I mean, she was a sex worker. She vanished leaving a client's house on foot in the seafront community of Oak Beach Mm -hmm. and disappeared into the marsh. So they found her about a half mile away from where she disappeared, the last known bit of the call. And then uh, a week earlier, some of her clothing, uh, because this was on like the 13th of December Mm -hmm. in 2011, uh, her clothing belongings were discovered in the same vicinity. Uh, she was last seen banging on a residence door, screaming for help before running off into the night, made the 911 call, yep. uh, you know, saying she's fearing for her life. They're mm-hmm. trying to kill me. Um, police stated that the death of Gilbert, um, which, again, she triggered the whole search uh, mm-hmm. during which the first set of bodies is found. They're saying that she's unrelated to the Long right. Island serial killer case. Right. Uh, but. Her mother is advocating for the theory that, you know, she's been murdered. Yep. yep. You know, involved and in this. And that one medical examiner said that there was evidence of strangulation, that she didn't necessarily drown. Yeah. But, you know, this is where I get where it's you're getting now into the seedy underworld of the sex, sex trade. Yeah. You know, I mean, 
you know, that they, they all get choked, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, or shot, mm-hmm. you know, it's all brutal deaths generally, you know, it's not like they just get what? poisoned or, you know, <laughs> something like that. Uh, and you're in this, again, you got to look at how populated the areas are where these people are hanging out, you know, and, you know, you can't really kind of small town mind your way through this. No. You're talking a lot of fucking people. Yeah. You know, a ton of people, all people who mind their own business, mm-hmm. don't get into anybody else's business. And, you know, a lot of things can just happen under the blind eye of everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got this location. I mean, I recommend, you know, pull it up on a map, pull it on your maps app or whatever. You know, this Gilgo Beach, it's. You have Long Island, the main wedge of of that island that juts out. And this is a teeny little just beach area on the bottom. It's disconnected from Long Island, actually. You know, and that's you know, it's 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 in the middle of nowhere out there. Right. Is about the best way I can put it. You know, and you've got these slivers of Long Beach and you got the sliver of uh West Gilgo Beach and, you know, Ocean Beach, I think, is after that, you know. But, yeah, you have water in between that and the main island of Long Island. And so, yeah, you have this middle of nowhere spot. And like I said, if you, you know, here's the thing with sex trade workers. It's like a lot of people in New York don't have a car, so they might take someone to a hotel or something like that. But most of this stuff with the sex trade industry through the city and stuff, it's people that, do cars, you know, yeah. the real rough stuff is like behind dumpsters and stuff like yeah. that. And that's where you find somebody dead behind a dumpster. Mm-hmm. That's somebody who doesn't have a car. Right. You know, we can logically walk our way through this, you know, and, 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 you know, the ones that you're going to find in that dumpster or behind the dumpster, somebody had sex with them right there and then they killed them. Yep. That's how it worked, you know, and mm-hmm. they walked away with their money. You know, I mean, that's that's literally how that scene works. It doesn't really have a whole lot of options elsewhere. But a lot of the Johns that come over from Manhattan, coming Mm -hmm. from all these other spots, they drive over, they have their own car, or maybe they rent a car, Mm -hmm. you know, who knows? And and they go and they do everything in the car. Right. You know, so that's where, you know, it'll be interesting to see how this pans out with this guy, you know. Um, and of course, you know, you can pay for someone for the whole entire night, mm-hmm. you know, so there's that angle of it, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, this is, it's, it's a, I don't think they're ever going to find out the answer to all of it. I think this guy is going to be a portion of it, but I personally think if you kept fishing around in that yeah. area, you're going to find bodies all over the place, Yeah, you know, cause I find it odd that he would have only killed the four because I mean, they went, these bodies went missing for so long Mm -hmm. and unfound for so long that, I mean, that just, that would have further proven to him that he can get away with anything. Yeah. But you don't know why he killed him in the first place. You know, they might've laughed at his unit. Or something like that. You know, I mean, there's just so many ways that this could have some sort of resolution or 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 go a certain Mm -hmm. way. And this is the tough part. Like, this is where I have a problem with people that are way, way, way into true crime. Mm -hmm. And they got their theories and all Mm -hmm. this stuff. And it's like, you know, I could bust those theories out 
all day long. Yeah. You know, you are trying at the end You're of the day. You're trying to make sense of something that yeah, doesn't make sense. That's what a lot of true yeah. crime fanatics try to do. They try to make sense. And I get it. It's like you want to make sense out of this. You want to know why on earth would someone do this? Yeah. You know, and how it's like, can this happen? how can this happen? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the fact is, is it happens. Yeah. People are nuts. Yeah. People got problems. Mm-hmm. People are, you know. People, am I right? People. Peoples are peoples. The Muppets <laughs> said it a long time ago. And I stand by it still to this day. You know, but like, for example, this show we just watched uh, with, what's his name there? Avery. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to find the title of that. Um, but the original... Netflix one was making a murder was called making a murderer and the newer one is called convicting a murderer a murderer and you know that's a great example where I mean yeah I I actually glad the convicting a murderer one is out I recommend to watch it um I know it's in limited spots I know it's on Daily Wire but I also think they're doing some of it on Twitter but they're not releasing the whole thing yeah and regardless of what your stance is on Twitter X or whatever the hell they're calling themselves now and, and, you know, daily wire themselves, I know they're divisive with people, but, and I don't really care for a lot of stuff they have on mm-hmm. there, but I have to admit this show was very compelling Yeah, because I remember you and I watched like millions mm-hmm. and millions of other people when that came out on Netflix and you were like, oh my God, yeah, this is fucking insane. Yeah. You know, and- but then I remember hopping on the computer, doing I what I do, yep. research stuff, which mm-hmm. I'm not going to pat my own back too hard, but I'm pretty freaking good at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it got me through my career. And uh, right away, I remember seeing people hopping on threads saying, look, you're not from here. Yeah. This this documentary didn't tell half the story right. of what's going on in there. And that's when I instantly knew something was up. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's why I didn't want to do that guy is an episode right away. Right. You know, um, I, there's, there's a whole bunch of other evidence and, and what people have to understand is no matter what you thought, how the cops handled the evidence and all that other stuff, two juries convicted him Two. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and if you are all into true crime, you got to understand how two juries, what it takes to get two juries to Mm -hmm. come to the same decision you know, and and understand the jury process and all of that stuff and, and the evidence and how a jury has to make a decision and how many people. I'm not going to get into all that, but but there is a lot of stuff in this convicting a murderer documentary, the two episodes we were able to watch, because um, I'm not paying for the paywall, uh, they, they were bringing up that evidence. Yeah. There was a lot of stuff of this guy that was not told. Yeah. And I now mean, you've got to ask. He's not just an innocent guy sitting back no, doing nothing. They painted him as Teddy Bear Jesus. Yeah, and you he's know, not. Of the area. And clearly not. No. Not sort of not. No. Not maybe not. Clearly not. No. This guy had a history of shit that he did. Mm-hmm. And and then I think the most important part to watch of that two those two parts is there's these two groups of Avery followers. Yeah. There's the ones that are called the truthers. Yep. You know, I think that's what they're called. I yes. I, I haven't yep. kept too much on this, but the truthers that believe that 
he's innocent yep. and all this is this big conspiracy thing against him and all this other stuff. And then you have the other party and I don't, or the I, other group, yeah, and I, I don't, don't know what they're what called, they call but they're the ones that are like, look, either A, he's guilty or B, there's a lot of shit there's here. There's a lot more information that, that, that that's you don't into it. And it's funny because like, I found it so incredible with all the work we do on this podcast of cults and talking about cognitive dissonance and this, you know, having this belief structure, yet someone will come in with some factual information that contradicts everything, everything you're you saying. Yep. And you watch them in the Zoom meeting with this woman yeah. as she's giving them these facts and they're just coming up with excuses for yep. them. Oh, he was he was peer pressured he was in the, in the wrong crowd. He was in the wrong crowd. He was peer you know, pressured. He's not that but then, smart. but then she goes, "Well, you know, but that was the steps." Yeah, and this is, and you really want to see cognitive dissonance, like in live, like right in front of you. This woman has this Zoom meeting. She's a producer of a movie. She she's has, a researcher, and a, no, she's producer and researcher, and and she, um, they all say that like she probably knows more about this case than yeah. anybody. Yeah. You know, and she was Well, all of the cases. And she was one of the ones that was just like, yeah, the more I got to find out, the right. more kind of weird stuff that mm -hmm. the documentary didn't cover omitted yeah. at all. Well, it didn't fit the narrative they were selling. Well, no, and then that's what you got to ask is why did they omit all this mm -hmm. stuff? And then that's where you start getting into, well, there clearly was a narrative with this mm -hmm. documentary. Mm -hmm. And uh and so now She's sitting there talking to him and they're all like, yeah, no, you know, he's never done anything wrong. Mm -hmm. He's been this nice guy. Everybody loves him. And then the woman goes, well, what about there's this thing and I'm not going to get too long with it. But she's, you know, he basically burned a cat alive Yeah, in front of people. Yeah. Everyone saw it. Well, he was with the wrong crowd and all that. It's like, well, all right. Well, no, he didn't actually throw the cat in the fire. It yeah. was one of the other guys. It was one of the and other. And then she said, when the cat crawled out, he, he threw, threw it, it in. back in. And he threw he it in. He did that. Yeah. And, and they, you know, well, he was with the wrong crowd. And then they're like, okay, um, then why, um, you know, there was these break-ins with a, a, a business, yeah. you know. Well, he was with the wrong crowd. And she's like, yeah, but he went back there multiple times yeah. by himself. Three times. And broke into the place and destroyed the place. Well, he's not that smart, you yeah. know. So then it gets to it's not that you know he's not that smart. And I'd love to just sit there and like no, I'd love to visit this guy in prison and be like all these people who's supporting you. A, they don't think you did any of the shit you did. Mm -hmm. When they learn the shit, you know what's the best thing they can come up with? That you're an idiot. Mm -hmm. That you're not smart. That you're stupid. Mm -hmm. Are you stupid? You know, I would love to stir that pot. You know, but. But yeah, you really want to see cognitive dissonance in in real, real time. time. Yeah, I highly suggest you watch the first two episodes of that. It's really heavy in the second episode, but the first episode's a good primer to get you to understand how all that came to be and where where it came around. Um, and that's the problem where you start having these things not factually. I think a lot of documentaries need to be freaking fact checked before they come out. Yeah. I, I, this is my problem with documentaries because there's so many of them mm -hmm. that you get into and you're like, wow, it's so powerful. And it is, mm -hmm. it's powerful. But then you find out that half of it's bullshit, you know, or misrepresented. And it's like, okay, why are you misrepresenting this? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and none of that gets into play. This one's been pretty quiet. It's not out, it's you know. It's also just current. I mean, we're talking August. Yeah, but this, it's been going on for. Yeah, it did. But what. 
almost what 15 years. What people don't years. understand is now that he's actually been arrested, that's when all of the actual no, that's like, when, that's when the news reporters starts. That's when the news reporters so, start. Yeah, I yeah. wouldn't be at all surprised as they go through and they yeah. continue to investigate. And somebody will and do a documentary. Their... No, and, no, no, you know. no. I'm just talking about more evidence will be. No, I know. Collected and and released. But that's what I'm saying. Like I remember working at a company and that buddy of mine who's a defense or still is a defense mm-hmm. attorney. He was tracking this case, mm-hmm. and that's when no one was knowing about it. Because yeah. I remember when the documentary yeah. came out, I was like, that's what Mark was checking out all yeah. the time. He's like infatuated with it. So a lot of the attorneys were infatuated with it all going on through there. And I think that's what's going to happen with this same thing. That's what I'm getting at, is now they've got somebody, and you're right. The evidence is going to start coming to light. There's mm-hmm. going to be sunshine on all this stuff. And then- of course, true crime being true crime, and this is where I'm split on true crime. There's an interest in it, but I also don't like it because I think at the end, personally, it does more harm than good. You know, I'm just sorry. It, I think it does. And 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 what's going to happen is, is you're going to see documentaries on this. And, you know, if they have enough evidence, excuse me, enough evidence to make this fully convictable and all this stuff and, you know, the documentaries do it in a great light. Perfect. Great. But. Like I said, after the Avery thing, you know, yeah, at least a sour taste in my mouth to a, a, a large extent. But but it's it's a crazy case nonetheless. And I think, it, you know, there's so many of these outside of cities because of sex mm-hmm. workers. Mm-hmm. You know, every single city I would guarantee has some sort of dumping ground mm-hmm. of former sex workers that are no longer with us. Yeah. You know, it's just a terrible terrible way of life. Listen, there's a bunch of people who are missing and nobody knows are missing because their body hasn't been found Mm -hmm. and they cut ties with their friends and family. So nobody knows. No, they're just gone. Yep. You know, I mean, it's, it's sad Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, but it is, you know, but that's the, uh, the Long Island serial killer. Yeah. You know, we got a nice shiny, happy topic coming up for next week. Oh, real happy topic. You know, as we, um, Start breaching into October. It's going to get a little darker, you know. Um, I'm pretty excited crazy, about this but, one. This one, but this one, uh, this one was all you. This was all me. I didn't even know this was a thing, but back to what we were saying earlier, I was like, yeah, not surprised. Yeah. You know. Nope. So the title of it is called Baby Snatchers. Yeah. Yes. And you're like, excuse me. But this what isn't. What is that? But this, this isn't, isn't someone s- taking a baby from a hospital or, a pool, or, or off the you side know, of the street. Public pool or whatever. No, no. Nay, nay. These are broads who kill pregnant women, yes. cut them open, yeah. and take their babies. Yes. Yes. I'm pretty excited about this. I remember doing research for this. and I'm There's thinking, so many. That's what fucking floored <laughs> me. I was thinking, I'm like, all right. And it's not even like, no, because this sometimes, isn't like a Florida thing. No, uh, it's... It's some, many states. Some sometimes we do shit, and I'll look and be like, "Yeah, it's probably you know." There's probably an hour in that, and then we find out, "No, there's not." So then that gets slipped into the bogo category or yep. something like that. Yeah. Now sitting there, I remember you told me about it. I was you're like, like "Is there well, enough for no, an you, episode?" No, you you told me you told me you're like, "I want to do this for an episode." And I was like, "Yeah, definitely." I was like, "We'll have to do that." And I remember asking myself, "I'm like, I you know I always ask you, I'm like, is it a full episode?" And you're like, "Yeah, I think so," you know, and. 
And uh, so then I start doing research on it and I'm looking and I'm like, holy cow, what the fuck is wrong with people? Unfucking real. It's evil, man. Yeah. Freaking evil is yeah. out there in full effect. Yeah. And so, yeah, we're going to, we're going to get deep into the throes of that next week. So yeah, if you can't handle things with uh, kids and- yeah, you might want to opt out of this one. You might one. want to opt out of this one. We'll just, you know, that's how I figured. We're usually pretty general or a little specific on things, but I, I figured this one will throw the disclaimer out ahead of time. Yeah. And uh, Yeah. But, you know, I mean, it's prevalent enough that you at least should uh, be aware of it. Man. Yeah. Yeah, it'll it'll make you uh, an interesting person to talk to at a cocktail party <laughs> or a social event, you know. Yeah, and I had to call it baby snatchers because anything else we were hashing out just took way too much, uh, too many characters and whatnot. So, yeah. And I, I, I was, I was uh, campaigning hard for baby snatchers. Mm-hmm. I, uh, mm-hmm. I liked it. Yeah. Well, no, because I laugh because sometimes you come to me, you're like, I got this great idea, and yeah, I'm like, what's that? I- and they're like, it's women who are pregnant and people steal the babies in the womb. Yeah. And I'm sitting there. And that's my mind. Like, I'm all into the technical part of the podcast. I'm like, what the fuck am I going to call that? I was like, yeah, is yeah, there yeah. a name for this? Yeah, no, you know, I, and it's I like, have to give you the, the yeah, overall no, thing so I that know. you know what to search. I know. I know. <laughs> I was just like, oh, my God. I'm like. I've had my links up for this for two months. Yeah. 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 No, I already did my research for it. And uh, it just, yeah, it's sad. And it really does go. There is just an yeah. evil out there that oh, yeah. people got to start respecting, man. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying this is prevalent and it's all over the place. I, I don't want to pump fear like that. No. I really don't. But but overall, you know, I think people really need to start kind of thinking about. You would think this would be a one-off. Like one crazy broad no, gets it in her you'd head. You'd hope. Yeah. You'd hope it'd be a one-off. And, it, but and like the I fact said, that it's not. After doing this. I don't, nothing surprises me yeah. anymore. It really doesn't. Yep. And, and again, it just shows that evil shows up in many forms, mm-hmm. in many ways, mm-hmm. and in many avenues, mediums, mm-hmm. and vehicles. Mm-hmm. And the lengths that people will go, you know, on that road, you know, I, I think my big thing is without getting into that episode. Mm-hmm. I would love to talk to someone like that and be like, how do you get here? I know there's one you case know. where the woman, uh, she was pregnant yeah, and she lost the baby and she didn't tell anybody she lost the baby. Yeah. So she was like, shit, I got to find a baby. And that's how that happened. Uh, I, you know, that's, that's something where like, if the show were to evolve into different things, you know, I, always would like to do that and that's a tough thing because a lot of these people they got appeals cases and you know mm-hmm. they don't their attorneys don't want them talking about stuff like that and um but yeah i always wonder you know like how the hell do you get to this yeah how do you how do you you know like make your way there how do you get to where not only is it just something in your head because we all have dark thoughts mm-hmm. we all have dark places we go to some more than others right. But the fact is, it's their thoughts. Mm-hmm. End of statement. There's nothing wrong with having thoughts. We're human. We're, 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 uh, 
you know, failed mechanisms in that respect, you know, but to go to the point of saying, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. This is the way. Yeah. This is what, this is, this is what's going to get me out of my situation or Mm -hmm. this is what I should do or, or whatever. Uh, stuff like this. Oh yeah. I'd love to talk to a handful of people and just be like, where was the, how, how did you see this? Where was the Rubicon? Like where you got here and you're just like, yeah, this is, this is what I'm going to do. You know? Cause like I said, this guy that we've been talking about today or people Mm -hmm. that, you know, would potentially do this for these, uh, these sex workers that I understand that I understand clearly, you know, there's, um, you know, obviously something wrong up there, but, um, you know, unfortunately people look at these people as wasteful, um, expendable. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I'm going to say it. I know it's not popular. They are. They really are. Nobody takes it serious. Nobody takes it serious when they're missing, you know, but at the same token, I think your life is built of your choices. And this is one of those examples of if you take this choice in your life, you got to understand the baggage that comes with it. Yeah. There's a... You got to understand the risks you're taking. The risk, the the price to pay, or the just the the potential situations Mm -hmm. that you could get yourself into, you know, and I didn't understand that as a kid. Kids mostly don't because they don't understand (laughs) where choices get to them because most of the choices are made for them. Right. You know, but... uh. Like getting into drugs, for mm-hmm. example, you know, it's one thing to sell like a bag of weed or something to your buddy or, you know, something like that. But then, you know, you escalate and get into where you're dealing with pounds and pounds of, say, cocaine, you know, kilos of cocaine or something like that. Now you're dealing. It's a business. It's not just this little kind of thing yeah. you're doing for side money. You know, now it's a business and it's a big business because it's big money. And you've got all this respect that's tied into it because it's a respect industry. If you're not respected in that type of industry, you're fucking done, you know, and and so there's that. And then that gets, you know, pride in the way and that gets all of these different things. And, you know, all of a sudden you just see this this darkness that's around you and all this. And um, and you'll do some things that are unthinkable and things that you never thought you'd do because you made a choice back on the road 10 miles ago. And, you know, or 20 miles ago, 40, 50 miles ago, where it just led you to here. And, um, yeah, so we're going to get into that a bit with baby snatching. Yep. Yeah. And that'll uh, that'll wrap up episode 144 for us here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are actively uh, requesting from all listeners uh, the following. If you could share us on your social media, please, because it's the... Uh, Halloween season coming up and we know people are interested in these types of podcasts and we're a, a word of mouth uh, type mm-hmm. of group. Uh, secondly, for our Halloween episode, we're going to do a video episode. Yeah, We'll do audio as well, but video, yeah. it'll be better kept and we'll probably throw it on YouTube for starters. And uh, we're going to do a hot sauce challenge mm-hmm. answering questions. So if you have questions about us, episodes or topics, mm-hmm. or would you be interested in this and so on and so forth, Send it to our email address at oth at seriouslydecent.com. Yep. And you can watch us answer those while we suffer through insanely hot sauces. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. (laughs) And uh, 
I gotta make sure I have the next day off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I think that's it as far as announcements yep. and all those types of things. So, yep. rule number one: no Ouija boards. Yeah, please don't. Number two: no dolls. Three: no capes. No. Four: no blood rituals. Nope. Five: no cults, satanic or otherwise. I would avoid it. Yeah, it's not a good idea. Yeah, I like the otherwise addendum yeah. on that too. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Yeah. Next rule: no apathy. You need to act to help enact a positive change in this world. Yeah. It's possible. It's doable. It's a ripple effect. It is. You know, be that uh, be that stone that's thrown in the water, mm-hmm. and you got to find out whether you want to throw negativity out there or positivity. Mm-hmm. It could be Definitely. just something as smiling more. Yep. Um, saying hi to people when they say hello. You don't have to talk, but just acknowledge and say hi, you know, appear friendly mm-hmm. or help somebody that's struggling yeah. in any little way possible. Yep. Next rule. Don't engage with the black-eyed children. The black-eyed people. People. I like the people. Animals. That, you know, because I don't think the kids have the uh, the lot on there. I think it's all they over. They do either. Yeah. And last but not least. Just listen. Yeah. Which if you've racked out this far, you're yeah. crushing that. So. Yeah. You're doing doing good with the listen part. Thank you for listening. And, uh, you know, thank you so much for the support that you've given us uh, throughout the years in doing this. Uh, We're just extremely grateful for it. And um, we absolutely love you as fans. And uh, we're just, like, blessed every day that we get to do this. And there's, uh, you know, this uh, following that's come as a result of it. And people that suggest things and recommend things. And it's a cool exchange. And uh, just really happy to to be involved in it. And we're looking forward to uh, building that further with Halloween coming up. Dean, creative director, has his words about it. That's his thanks. So uh, with that being said, have an amazing day, a lovely week. And make good choices. Take care.